Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. The big story for the next several hours, watch out for some damaging winds. Later tonight, it'll be clear and colder, lows upper 20s to mid-30s. Breezy and chilly on Thursday, highs 45 to 50. Mike Stenifer, WTOP News. Hi, it's Phil at 41, Herndon 39, Foggy Bottom 42. Some of us, though, could be down below freezing overnight and those winds still kicking up. This is where you turn when the weather threatens. WTOP News. Facts matter. This hour of news is sponsored by Lido Pizza. Lido Pizza never cuts corners. Good evening. I'm Dimitri Sokas. Coming up here, the U.S. Supreme Court will decide whether former President Trump is entitled to broad immunity from federal prosecution. Broad support on Capitol Hill to allow D.C. to redevelop RFK Stadium. I'm Dick Iuliano. We were telling you about those winds now looking at the power outages across the region. Nearly 10 years after a deadly smoke incident, there are still smoke-related concerns on Metro. I'm Nick Ainelli. The Terps just didn't have enough against Northwestern tonight. It's 12 midnight. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Christopher Cruz. Residents in the small town of Canadian, Texas, have been told to get out ahead of raging wildfires. CBS's Dave Malkoff is in the Panhandle town, where people are struggling to find evacuation routes. Dozens of homes and businesses have been destroyed, forcing residents to leave everything behind. Before Teresa Rankin got away, she watched as her home of 38 years went up in flames. My son and I was FaceTiming him. He's in the service. And uh, he said, Mom, leave. As fast-moving flames quickly spread over dry grassland, cattle ranchers near Sinton, Texas, released livestock to escape the flames. The wildfires among the largest in the state's history is a president immune from crimes committed in office. The Supreme Court will hear oral arguments on the question in late April and likely rule in June. CBS's Scott McFarland says that could affect the scheduling of a potential Trump trial. It's going to get particularly close to things like conventions debates and election, which raises a different question. Does the special counsel in the Department of Justice want to hold a trial so close to those things? A new report says immigrants are one of the main drivers of the country's economic boom. About 50 percent of the labor market's recent growth came from foreign-born workers over the last year, according to federal data. Experts say the economy is booming due to migrants taking on jobs in restaurants, leisure, and hospitality. Add that to baby boomers retiring, failed economic systems like Venezuela, one of the main drivers for people coming to the U.S. CBS's Matt Piper. The debate continues over a ruling by the Alabama Supreme Court that embryos can be considered children under state law. From Montgomery, CBS's Janet Chablian reports on efforts to protect IVF. Legal experts caution even state laws might not be enough. There's a possibility that whatever the legislature does will be challenged as violating the rights of fetal persons. Florida lawmakers postponing their legislation just this week amid concerns it could impact the procedure. Four astronauts are set to take off for the International Space Station just after midnight Eastern Time Friday. Dr. Michael Barrett is making his third trip. It's a great little spaceship. It is what you would expect as a point along an evolutionary curve as we develop new generation spacecraft. Eagles co-founder Don Henley has finished telling a court why he believes drafts of lyrics to Hotel California and other classic Eagles songs should never have shown up at auctions. He's been testifying at a criminal trial of three collectibles experts charged with a scheme involving about a hundred handwritten pages. The defendants have pleaded not guilty. This is CBS News. 
Sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at Progressive.com. That's Progressive.com. It's 12.03 a.m. Thursday, February 29th. It is 40 degrees, feels like 35, clearing windy and colder. Hello and good morning. I'm Rich Hunter. The top local stories we're following this hour. There are new developments uh, this morning in D.C.'s effort to bring the Washington Commanders back to the city. The House has overwhelmingly approved a bill that would give D.C. the right to redevelop the RFK Stadium site, creating a new football stadium, housing, and commercial retail space. The story from WTOP's Dick Giuliano. Republicans and Democrats joined hands voting to give D.C. control of federal land that houses crumbling RFK Stadium. D.C. Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton says she'll push the Senate to pass the bill. This bill would allow the District of Columbia to transform the RFK Stadium campus into a thriving mixed-use development. Most Marylanders in the House, hoping to hang on to the Washington commanders, voted against it. Glenn Ivey of Prince George's County. No different than the state of New Jersey competing with the state of New York for the Jets or the Giants. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser says the vote is a significant step forward to unlocking the potential of the 174-acre site. Dick Iuliano, WTOP News. Since 1999, the Landover, Maryland home of the Washington football team has been called FedEx Field. That is no longer the case. Team leaders tell WTOP FedEx has opted out of the naming deal and the place is now called Commander's Field. As WTOP's Mike Marilla reports, the commanders are now looking for a new naming deal for the stadium.
decision likely no later than the end of June. Zach Schoenfeld, courts and legal reporter for uh, The Hill, joined our Dimitri Sotis earlier to discuss the implications of SCOTUS taking up the case for democracy and for the 2024 election. This is an initial blow to special counsel Jack Smith and his goal of trying to take Trump to trial before the 2024 election. This order from the Supreme Court further delays Trump's trial proceedings until they resolve the case. But they did put it on an expedited timeline, setting oral arguments for April, which likely means that the decision will come down during the normal time frame this term, so likely by the end of June. So what that means is if the Supreme Court says Trump does not have immunity, then allowing the case to move forward starting there in the early summer, it gives a narrow window for Smith to still take Trump to trial before the election. But it's very narrow, likely placing the trial if it does happen in the heat of the general election season. Is there any reason to believe any of the justices buys into the Trump argument that the former president has pretty much total immunity? Legal experts I've spoken to widely expect that the Supreme Court will ultimately rule against Trump. That being said, this is really uncharted territory. This is, of course, the first time that a former president has been charged and indicted with crimes. Uh, so, you know, many of the other cases that we get at the Supreme Court, we know how the justices have spoken and what they've written about in similar cases. But here, where we're talking about these unprecedented issues, we haven't seen the justices have a huge line of cases where we can anticipate. That being said, so far, Every judge that has waived these immunity claims from Donald Trump has rejected them. And like I said, legal experts I have spoken to uh, believe that this is so lopsided that not only the liberal justices might side against Trump here, but I've spoken to a lot of legal experts who even think that there's a potential for the Supreme Court to rule nine to zero against the former president. The arguments are heard in April, a decision by June. Does that give the nation enough time, just enough time maybe to squeeze in that trial before we'll start voting in November? Just possibly, but it would likely mean that this trial does take place in the fall, potentially not even beginning until people start casting their ballots, if they're casting absentee or early ballots. And, you know, in another era, this might be a good question for a Supreme Court justice before the perception of them became so politicized. I mean, isn't it good for the country to have some sense of a resolution in this case before they go to vote? And and as a nation, are we letting our voters down by just not getting it done in time? Well, the Supreme Court certainly can't seem to get rid of Trump. Of course, this is not the only Trump case on their docket right now. They're also uh, debating whether to disqualify him from the ballot, that case that arose in Colorado uh, under the 14th Amendment. That is a decision that could come out in the coming weeks. So I think not only in that in this immunity case, but also these other cases that have been percolating up through the courts. Really, the Supreme Court is taking a central role here again in the presidential election, arguably not a role that they've played as, as much of a role uh, since back in the 2000 election when they decided Bush v. Gore. Obviously, criminal immunity is a bit of a different issue uh, than Bush v. Gore in dealing with recounts in Florida, uh, but still certainly is, is thrusting all nine justices right into the political arena, which of course comes on the backs of the Supreme Court's approval ratings plummeting. That's Zach Schoenfeld, courts and legal reporter for The Hill. Now, a quick look at the top stories we're working on at WTOP. The House approves a bill that would let D.C. lease the RFK Stadium site from the National Park Service for the next century. Federal workers rejoice. A deal has been struck to avoid a government shutdown. And the Supreme Court will take up former President Trump's claim of immunity from prosecution for trying to overturn the 2020 election. Keep it here for full details on these stories in the minutes ahead. It is now time for traffic. Let's go to Ken Berger in the WTOP Traffic Center. 
Thank you, Rich. We have reports of a downed tree on southbound 270 Spur at Democracy Boulevard. Looks like that has been cleared, so all lanes are now open, and there are no issues either side of 270 between the Spur and Frederick. Still have reports, though, of a downed tree in areas on southbound Georgia Avenue and Wheaton between Cason Street and May Street. So use caution through that area. Uh, also, some down a downed tree reported in Fairfax County. This affects Old Lee Highway. That's U.S. 29 between or near Nutley Street. That's both directions shut down as they work to remove a downed tree. Poplar Tree Road shut down in either direction. A fallen oak drive in Fairfax County. That's just west of Stringfellow Road. Again, all lanes are closed because of a downed tree. Heavy winds continue all through the area, causing the phase two, uh, phase two limited wind restrictions at the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. That means sustained wind speeds of 40 to 49 miles an hour. House trailers, empty box trailers, other vehicles vulnerable to high winds are prohibited from crossing the bridge at this time. Wind warnings in place at the Nice Bridge between King George County in Virginia and Charles uh, County in Maryland. Not seeing any delays as you make your way around. In Virginia, we've got the work zone southbound 95 after 123. It's in the main lanes. The left lane is getting by, but no delays. I'm Ken Berger, WTOP Traffic. And now let's go to 7 News First Alert Chief Meteorologist Veronica Johnson. Tracking this potent weather maker that delivered the rain and those high winds, we had wind gusts up around 50 and 60 miles per hour. Now here early this morning, wind gust around 30 to 40 miles per hour and dropping to about 20 mile per hour gusts by the afternoon. With clear skies and sunshine for later today, still going to be quite chilly from 20s to mid 30s this morning to just shy of 50 degrees for the afternoon. Wind chills throughout the morning here in the 20s, the afternoon, maybe briefly touching on 40 degrees. And then tracking the next weather maker for Friday, at least we'll have some lighter winds and temperatures in the afternoon in the mid 50s. Rain, you can expect it Friday night. I'm 7 News Chief Meteorologist Ronica Johnson in the First Alert Weather Center. And right now we've got 40 degrees outside the WTOP studios with lighter winds. It still feels like 34 out there. And it's brought to you by Gutter Helmet. Don't overlook your home's gutter system. Call Gutter Helmet by Ledner Home Solutions at 888-5-HELMET. And coming up on WTOP, three more teens are under arrest this morning, charged in the murder of a Duval High School student teen, Duval High School teen last September is 12:22. Mark your calendars for the philanthropic event of the year. Join us in the fight against blood cancers at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's national signature black tie event, the Leukemia Ball. The 37th annual event will be held on Saturday, April 6th at the Washington Convention Center in D.C. The Leukemia Ball is more than just a gala. It's a celebration of hope, courage, and the power of coming together for a great cause. This inspirational evening is filled with an impactful mission program, meaningful networking and cocktails, silent and live auctions, dinner, dancing, and more. Headlining this year's event will be multiple Grammy-nominated, Peabody and Emmy Award-winning actor-comedian Craig Ferguson. Be a part of something extraordinary and support LLS's groundbreaking research and patient services. Your presence can change lives. Join us at the Leukemia Ball, where every step on the dance floor is a step towards a cure. For more information and to purchase tickets, please visit www.leukemiaball.org. Issues that matter most to voters in the DMV. Local races that could make all the difference. Coverage you can always rely on. Election 2024 on WTOP News. Facts matter. 
breaking news on WTOP. New this morning on WTOP, a shooting in Landover on Wednesday night leaves a man and a girl dead. Prince George's County Police say it happened sometime before 9.30 p.m. at a home on Stansbury Lane. When officers arrived, they found a man, a woman, and a girl suffering from gunshot wounds. The man and child died at the scene while the woman was taken to a nearby hospital. Police do not believe the shooting was random. It's also unclear if the three people uh, shot were related. We'll have more on this uh, in the minutes ahead as we get more information, so stay tuned. It is 1224. A Manassas man accused of stealing a Fairfax County ambulance is out on bond tonight. Police say 32-year-old Ricky Lowe was one of five people taken to the hospital after the stolen Toyota Corolla they were in crashed along Route 50 last Monday. Police say Lowe was wearing a hospital gown and still had an IV in his arm when he climbed into the front seat of the ambulance and drove off. Police tracked him down to a Manassas hotel. He was arrested on Friday. Lowe is now being charged with grand larceny auto theft. Three teenagers have been arrested and charged with last September's murder of a 16-year-old girl outside of Prince George's County High School. Ramon Richardson of Lanham and Cameron Anderson of Landover, both 18, and a 17-year-old from Lanham charged as an adult, are accused of shooting to death Jada Medrano Moore of Greenbelt outside her school, Deval High School in Lanham. Several days after last year's killing, another 17-year-old boy had been arrested and charged with the girl's murder. Police say the girl was hit by gunfire when a fight broke out between two rival groups. Detectives believe Jada tried to intervene when she was shot. Dick Iuliano, WTOP News. Sports at 25 and 55 on WTOP. And here's Rob Woodfork. Maryland fell to 7-11 in the Big Ten with a 68-61 loss to Northwestern on their home floor. The biggest issue was shooting 38% overall, including 2 for 22 from 3, Kevin Willard. I thought we got some good open looks early. And what's happened with us against Rutgers and a little bit against Michigan State, it's kind of just we missed some good looks and it kind of just affected us the rest of the game. In other games of local interest, Virginia topped Boston College. Navy and American each won in advance of their showdown in the regular season finale and VCU was a wire-to-wire winner over Rhode Island. On the women's side, Caitlin Clark surpassed Lynette Woodard for the most points in women's college basketball history, tallying a 33-point triple-double in Iowa's blowout win. The NFL Players Association released its second annual report card for the 32 NFL teams and the Commanders ranked dead last for the second straight year, earning Fs in five of the 11 categories. We discussed it in the latest DC Sports Huddle and Dave Preston sees an opportunity for Washington. A report.